The Tuffle Commute, Season 14, Episode 2, Authors. Welcome to the Temple Community, everybody. This is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching, but the topic always comes up. Uh, today, we are three. There are three hosts today. Uh, my name is Lindsay Kleinfield. I'll let the other two introduce themselves. My name is Sandy Millen. And my name is Kerry Jones. And we are all English teachers, teacher trainers, and actually, we're all English teaching materials writers slash authors. Um, and so that's where we're going to use our starting point for today's episode. Each episode of the Tuffle Commute, we take a topic and kind of explore that. And it seemed weird because all of us on the Tuffle Commute have written materials at one point or another, but we'd never really spoken that much about like a whole episode just on writing in general. So uh, we're going to do that today. Um, I thought we could start off by saying, like, how did we get into writing? Obviously, all of us writing materials, we were all teachers before we wrote materials. Sometimes I think there's a feeling among some teachers that many materials writers were never teachers or they don't understand what goes on in the classroom. But almost all of them, even if they haven't been for a while, were teachers at one point. So why don't you tell us, Carrie, why don't you tell us how you got into writing? Then Sandy, and then I'll say how I got into it. Okay, well, um, I got into writing in the days when you had to um, send your manuscript off by snail mail. And we actually used to do roughs of um, the illustrations for the book by hand. Luckily, my writing partner at the time was very good at that because I'm awful. Um, and uh, basically, we, we just thought, oh, this is something that we haven't got that we want to use in the classroom and wonder if we can sell it to someone. So um, that's how I got started. It was a supplementary pair workbook with, um, yeah, it was like, it was fun. And uh, we used to have to get things ready 10 days before the deadline to make sure that our materials actually arrived by post from Italy to the UK. Wow. Okay. So yes, you, you were writing back when I was, no, I was also teaching probably at that time, but well, you make it sound like it was a long time, but, well, but writing before the internet, yes, that was a, that was, um, that would have been a thing. Sandy, what about you? How did you get started in, in the world of writing from teaching? I got started in writing because of the internet. Um, so I've been <laughs> making um, lots of materials for my classroom. And at that point we were using English files. And then Oxford ran a competition on Twitter where you could put your own materials in, like that you'd made as supplementary materials for English file. And I did that. And off the back of that, I um, was offered some writing of supplementary materials for English file that appeared on their website, on the Oxford website. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's how I started doing course book things. And uh, methodology things came out of my blog. Um, so yeah because of the internet wow. <laughs> i can't imagine doing it before the internet existed <laughs> oh man it's so different Pre uh, before and after internet really it's like so so easy now in comparison 
I think now, Sandy, that you and I have something in common because my early writing was also for English file. Um, mm -hmm. My first ever uh, time when I and and that was I always tell teachers how I got into it was I, I enjoyed teaching with that book and I had a whole bunch of ideas and I just I saw somebody at a conference from the the publisher and i went up to them and they said like, well in fact there's an editor right over here so why don't you talk to them and i kind of enthused about it and i said i've got all this and they said well we're doing a new version so if you've got here's my card send us some stuff and so i just sent a whole bunch of stuff and then i had to kind of pass through various stages before i could actually actually uh write for them but but back then that, that that's how that's how i got into it i've been teaching and making materials as well and i got my start early on with some of the early internet stuff, the famous one-stop English mm -hmm. site, where for a while it was like the place for internet materials, uh, long uh, just after Dave's ESL Cafe. I don't know if anyone remembers. I was yeah, looking, yeah, yeah. I was looking through resources on my computer the other day and discovered things that I downloaded as a brand new teacher that had your name on it. <laughs> one-stop English. Oh my god! That had Lindsay's yeah. name on it. Yeah. Well, I used to write so much for that, and. Um, so we that's that's where i got my got my start um i know that we were going to talk a little bit more about uh other kinds of writing but i mean i think i think most of us and i i think carrie wants to ask us some questions about fiction writing but what would you categorize the kind of writing that that we do then i guess i guess it is non-fiction is it like where does it is it educational thing sometimes i, I think I'm, I'm always like i always feel that i apologize when i tell someone oh I'm a writer. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, no, not interesting stuff. I write like really simple English sentences, mostly sentences, hundreds of sentences. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always have to say, not a real writer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I had a conversation with this guy once. I'm going like, yeah, yeah, I'm a writer, sort of. Not a real writer. He says, oh, no, I'm the same. I write manuals for boats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a friend who also is a writer, a business writer. He writes the manuals for photocopy machines and things oh, like that. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that he, just like us, probably have more readers of our material mm. than many fiction writers. Think yeah. of how many people read those True. photocopy well, and, manuals. And hearing you both say not a real writer makes me really disappointed because it's like <laughs> hearing people say I'm not a real teacher because I'm an English oh. teacher abroad rather than yeah. working in a state school. So okay, you're yeah. real writers, but that's it's other like, people's perceptions that are a problem, not your yeah. job. Yeah, it's just <laughs> explaining the writer? job, isn't it? It's always yeah. difficult yes. from outside for anybody to understand our job, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It is It is interesting, yeah. I often will describe it as, you know, the kind of book that you have to, that you complain about when you have to get for your kids at the beginning of the school <laughs> year? I'm the guy behind writing that, some of those books. <laughs> Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, hey, by the way, before we go on to our first break, is anyone, what are you writing now? And, and has anything changed very recently? We talk about the writing difference between internet, but I, I find that I'm writing different stuff now as an author than I, than I was before. For example, most of the writing I do now is not to be printed on a page ever. It's going to be like on an app or on a website or whatever. And I'd say that's my, more than 50% of my writing. What about you? Yeah, for me um, at the moment, it's 100%, 100% writing for digital, which is like, a, it was a really nice learning curve. <laughs> and nice. In the complete reverse, I am, uh, right now, I am working on a methodology book, which will be printed on paper, um, okay. so <laughs> in the complete opposite, but it's methodology 
for today. So everything has to consider the online classroom <gasps> as well as the face-to-face -face classroom. Yeah. Um, we can't just write for the face-to-face -face classroom or assume that things that we're talking about are going to be used in the face-to-face -face classroom. Wow. But you have to write a paper book so you won't be able to have links. And <laughs> I know, not being able to include links is quite painful. I'm like, yeah. but there's so many good things I could link to. <laughs> The non-clickable link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remembering that you have to have the entire link written out. It can't just be hidden behind a nice pretty word. It's got to be an ugly, horrible, long link. Oh, <laughs> and they gosh. are ugly, aren't they? They're so yeah. ugly. It's like, oh, <laughs> I feel for you. <laughs> so let's, why don't we take a quick break and, and move on in our topic of authors to sort of widen out to other kinds of writing. Welcome to The Algorithm. The Algorithm brings you the best in example language sentences found on the web and language learning apps. Each is tailored and randomized, especially for you. Your sentence for today is... When I was young, I was not allowed to wear pants. When I was young, I was not allowed to wear pants. Okay, so I have a question for both of you. I mean, like, you know how everybody has supposedly got a half-written novel or the unwritten novel. It used to be at the back of the drawer. Now it's lost away in the folders and files of your computer. So do either of you have um, a hidden novel? I mean, my answer is no. <laughs> I am such an avid reader and always have been. And I think the last time I wrote anything that was fiction, I was probably about eight or nine years old. Because ever since then, if I try and think, I have kind of ideas for stories, but then um, a year later or a few weeks later, I'll be like, oh, okay, hang on, that's not my idea. That was that person's <laughs> idea. So I just, whenever I think about fiction, because I've, I'm, I've read so many books from so many genres, it's really hard to find something that isn't somebody else's idea that I've already, you know, that I, I think is a good idea because I've already read it. So, so, no, so, Sa so Sandy, uh, let, me, let me imagine. I'm very happy with non <laughs> So Sandy, let me imagine then, you've, you've had an idea with like, I'd love to write a story, it's a fantasy story, and they're trying to get a ring which makes you invisible. Yeah, exactly. And it's by like little people <laughs> with hair on their feet. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Just like everything I think of, like, oh no, that's already been done. That's already been written, yeah. What about you, Lindsay? Do you have one? Um, I have a, an infamous reader. I suppose the closest that, or the first steps that many ELT people might get in if they're interested in writing fiction and staying in their lane of English language teaching is readers. So I wrote a pitch once for a reader and it got accepted at a publisher. And I wrote the reader with the help of like, we were given someone to to help us, like to, to uh, an editor who would help with the content. And it was awful. It was like pulling teeth to get it out of me. I really suffered. Um, it was a very different kind of writing that I, I couldn't do that well. Um, and it was a thriller novel about um, a, a kind of a burglar who falls in with the wrong people and then has to do this spectacular heist at the airport. But he gets tortured on along the way and all of these things. and. 
I kept being told that my character didn't really have any character. Oh, and so no. they, they, <laughs> it was really depressing. So they asked me to, um, to, you know, why don't you write a few scenes from your character's youth, which won't be published, but it'll just help you get to know the character. And I did. And these are the most painful things that I can't even bear to reread. They were just <laughs> horrible. Like one of his first romantic kiss and things like, I don't know. It was just crazy stuff. And, um, and then finally, when the book was finished, um, the publisher was purchased by another publisher oh. who the new publisher was an American publisher. And they said that the story was far too violent for uh, their market. And so it got it, it got, got canned. Scrapped. So there's a there's a pulp fiction crappy reader by me somewhere to somewhere be self, in the bottom. <laughs> to be self-published somewhere. <laughs> to be self-published. But even then, I, I couldn't bear it. It just took me too long. So no. What about you, Carrie? Do you have a... No, no, not at all. I mean, I think very much like Sandy, you know, I love to read, but I can't ever imagine myself writing. Although my next question was going to be, <clears throat> if um, if there was a novel that you would have written, what kind of novel would you wish you had written? Or maybe even specifically a novel that you said, ah, oh, now that would be the novel that I would like to have written. Um, I would say then, yeah, a Pulp Fiction novel probably kind of some like pulp detective pulp noir that kind of thing or maybe a fantasy like like a fantasy would have to be a trilogy right it has to be a trilogy if i but uh, some some big spanning fantasy if i had the patience but one of those two genres and i can't think of an exact book no i would not have written the lord of the rings <laughs> but it would have been maybe another something like that or 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 some kind of like detective type story Okay, yeah. I'm going to just quickly jump in there with that. that that's definitely the, what I came to. My conclusion was that as well, that the kind of book that I would like to have written or like to be able to write would be kind of like a spoof detective novel. And then I was thinking like a spoof detective novel set in my hometown. And then that Sandy thing happened to me and I went, oh, no, I've already read that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this guy's written a great word. And so, no, shelve that one. I'll just go back to reading. <laughs> what about you, Sandy? I think that's my problem because I think the one kind of novel that I would love to be able to write is comic fantasy. But that is like Terry Pratchett or Douglas Adams. And they're just so damn good at it that there's no way that I could write a book to their level. And so, also prolific. Um, no, there are yeah, so exactly. many of them already. Terry, yeah. that's it. Terry Pratchett wrote so many books. But um, I would love to be able to write that kind of thing where it just draws in so many references and it's so fascinating and funny as well and just makes you think. But I don't think that's on the <laughs> cards anytime in the future. I just enjoy reading other people. And until then, you'll continue writing things like I blank a teacher. M yeah. slash <laughs> exactly. is slash R. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't we move along here? I think we'll have another quick break. And then I think we have another Tuffle Commute favorite, a quiz. So here I thought we could listen to uh, Carrie, who has done an interview of course book writer Antonia Clare, who's the author of Speak Up, as well as other course books, uh, but who also made a recent move into fiction writing. Okay, take it away, Carrie. How did you first get into writing fiction? Well, I guess um, it was a few years ago and I had been writing a lot of um, kind of back-to-back -back course books uh, for what felt like kind of an eternity, really. <laughs> um, and I think I was feeling a bit 
burnt out and a bit in need of something different, you know, a little spark. So um, I signed up, I actually signed up for a Guardian masterclass um, in journalism. Uh, and I went up to London for a weekend and I did this, you know, I had this kind of away weekend um, with a whole load of writers and saw some fantastic speakers like Jay Rayner and Simon Hatterston and um, Carla Busassi from the Huffington Post. Um, and I, you know, it was a really inspirational weekend and um, I came away thinking, oh, you know, that's that's nice. Perhaps I might start doing some little bits of journalism, you know, instead of just writing course books all the time um and then you know it was Monday morning and I went back to work and life got very busy again and I, I didn't really do anything with that um <laughs> but at around that time something else happened which was that I started walking um I started walking every day and by the way to anyone listening my biggest tip for wanting to bring a bit more creativity into your life is to just get a dog and walk every day because there's this amazing kind of, I hate the word synergy, but there's this wonderful kind of rhythm that you get into when you're walking out in nature and you just let your mind go free a bit. So um, yeah, I started walking and uh, I would drop the kids off at school and walk for an hour before sitting down at my desk. And um, I had, I just had this thing where one day, um, I was walking and I think um, I've read that this happens to quite a lot of writers. Um, the idea for a book as I was walking and I was just thinking about life and um, our time in Italy and stuff. And the idea for this book just kind of literally downloaded itself into my brain. Um, as I walked, I just was thinking about things. And by the time I came home from my walk, I just had an idea for a novel. I knew who the characters were. I knew what the plot was, more or less, what was going to happen. Um, and I had a, a title for it. That The title was No Going Back, um, which uh, was interesting because it made me think, oh, you know, it, it was just there. It was just a complete thing in my head, which hadn't been there in, in the morning and which um, I'd never really thought about. You know, I, I haven't spent all my life thinking, oh, I'd love to write a novel. Um, it just kind of came and uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I, you know, I wrote some notes in my notebook, talked about it over dinner. Um, and then again, you know, I, I didn't have a clue how to write a novel. Um, and so I didn't really do anything about it. And then I, I got on with work again. Um, and it was just a couple of weeks later when, because I'd gone to the Guardian masterclasses, an email came through to me. Um, and it said, would you like to join our, you know, beginners novel workshop? You know, have you got an idea for a novel? Um, join our workshop with Jill Dawson, author Jill Dawson, and learn how to put, make that idea a reality or something. And I was like, oh, brilliant. You know, yeah, I'd love to do that. So um, that's kind of how it happened. I, I went along to this workshop. I met um, a really nice author called Jill Dawson, who writes historical novels, and she was a, a really brilliant teacher. So, um, yeah, I, I had this idea, I'd been working on it, and I met her, and basically um, things took off from there. Um, I, I worked with Jill for a year. She mentored me through, um, 
through the process of writing a first draft. Um, and, and that was really exciting. It was just a, a really interesting learning process for me. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was a kind of freedom um, from my other kind of writing. And yeah, it, it was just great. Um, I wrote 10,000 words a month. Uh, and then we would meet up and talk about it. So I did that for a year. And at the end of the year, I had this, you know, first draft, kind of crap first draft, <laughs> we call it. Um, and and then I did what you're supposed to do, which is, you know, step back from it for a while and do other things. Um, and then, of course, what happened is when I came back to it um, for the reread, and and, you know, I have this kind of printed it all off and it's got lots of notes scribbled all over it and and uh, notes from Jill uh, and and then I read through and I realized that oh there's an awful lot of work here you know <laughs> um it it needs editing but it needs more than just editing you know that writing a first draft is what teaches you about the process of of writing a novel and it's only really by the time you've got to the end of the book at least for me uh, with a first book that you realize what the story was about and what you were supposed to be doing. So, um, so then I realized that I had this big job, which was to, you know, that I now had to rewrite the whole thing, start all over again um, and rewrite it. And um, I didn't have much experience. You know, I, I've never studied literature at university or done anything like that. So, so before tackling this big task, I was like, well, I, I'm going to try and find out a bit more about this, the whole um the art of writing fiction, you know, what it's about. So, so I signed up for courses. I'm a, I'm a serial <laughs> course taker. So, um, yeah, I started joining courses. I did, a, um, some online courses, but also, um, my local city Norwich is a city of literature. So we have the national writers center there and they run a lot of creative writing courses. Um, and uh, I got together with a group of other writers there. So um, we meet up once a month. We used to meet in a mm. pub. Now, of course, we have to do it on Zoom. Uh, but we, we write and we meet up every month and, and you know, workshop each other's writing. Um, and it's just a really, it's a really enjoyable process. It's just something that I love to do. But it, yeah, it really, it came from nowhere. It came from walking um, and also having, having notebooks. So that's my number two <laughs> tip um, is, is always have a notebook. So we used to, you know, as you know, Kerry, we often spend our summers in Italy. Um, and I used to find that, you know, summer by the beach in Italy was a time that I would actually have a chance to, you know, relax and, and do some kind of freer writing. Um, and I would find that often we'd have these long family meals with, um, you know, extended family there and people would be eating and drinking and telling these wonderful stories. Um, and after the meal, I would kind of sit in the shade somewhere with my notebook and, and just write down these stories because I think, you know, that they're so lovely. It's a kind of wonderful piece of oral history. Same stories get told again and again. And I didn't want them to get lost. So I would write them down and I would think, you know, maybe mm -hmm. one day I'll try and kind of bring all of these little kind of vignettes, yeah. I guess, of, of um, life in Italy. I'll try and bring them all together into a book. So I guess I, you know, I did have a book in the back of my mind, but uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to suddenly come to turn yeah. out the way it did <laughs> and yeah. visit you.
So tell us a little bit more about the book then. So, yeah, <laughs> that's really difficult, isn't it? You know, because uh, a lot of authors say you should never speak about your book until it's actually finished. And, and of course, mine isn't. <laughs> um, in fact, I read a quote recently that said, um, you know, you're a writer when you freeze when somebody asks you to tell them about the book that you're writing. And, um, mm -hmm. That's very much how I feel. But but in short, it is um, it's a contemporary fiction. So it's set uh, in Italy. It's quite atmospheric. Um, it talks about a young woman called Jodie who moves from rainy Hackney to sunny Tuscany. And she kind of falls in love with everything Italian. You know, she, she falls in love with the language and food and the people. Um, but the longer she's there, she starts to realize that Italy also has this kind of darker side. There's a, a political underworld going on. And mm. um, when her boyfriend disappears and then uh, ends up being killed while in police custody, Wonderful. the story is kind of about her quest to try and find out what happened and to try and get justice against uh politically corrupt police system so pretty topical <laughs> i don't want to force you to say anything more about your book thing is that it's not what writers like to do but <laughs> i was wondering whether um having written as a materials writer in any way helped you to be a fiction writer or was was is there any crossover or is it being different that helps um there's definitely crossover you know without a doubt so so i think what being a materials writer taught me is about the discipline that you need to be able to write a book um just the discipline required to be a writer you know it doesn't really matter what you're writing but you need to be able to show up at your desk every day and just do the work even when you don't really feel like it or you think what you're writing is absolute rubbish mm -hmm. um you just have to keep writing and and that's what the job is about um and i think what puts a lot of people off you know being able to um write is this kind of fear or this thought that you're you know you're no good and that you know writers i mean i can't write who am i to write a novel mm -hmm. you know re real writers do that um but but it isn't like that it's like any kind of you know, creative uh, quest that we have. It's it's about sitting down and and um, just kind of putting the work in, and you learn as you go along, and then you can improve your skills. And you know, I, I don't believe that we're naturally born as writers. I think it's something that we can work at. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that that's key. Um, I think uh, writing materials taught me a lot about. Um, having to hook the reader. So our, our job as a writer is very much trying to find that hook of interest and to keep the reader reading. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as, as, you know, materials writers and teachers, we're, we're very aware of that, you know, how can we make this interesting for our, for our learner, for our reader, our listener? Um, so, so I think that's good. Um, dialogue. So a lot yeah. of people find dialogue really hard to to write. Um, and I guess that's because a lot of people aren't so aware of that, the way that written language is so different from spoken language. But um, 
within the ELT world, we're, we're very kind of tuned into that, aren't we? So um, I think this, you know, the, all those hours and hours that I've spent writing um, <laughs> dialogues, it's nice to think that actually, yeah, that, that's a skill that's really useful in, in, um, in fiction to be able yeah. to write, mm -hmm. write dialogue. I had never thought of that, but yeah. Um, and then also I was thinking about um, teaching the, the fact that, you know, as teachers and trainers, um, just the people that we meet, you know, the fact that we meet so many different people have the opportunity to travel to different places. It's all about kind of going out of our own little bubble mm -hmm. and and being connected to, you know, other people's lives and other people's contexts that are very different from our own. And I think all of that is is really useful fodder i guess yeah. for, for, for a writer you know you can really draw on that um the characters that you meet and the places that you go to and um so i think that the life of of a you know an, an elt teacher or trainer and materials writer um i think that our, our life experience can can definitely feed into uh the work that we do is there a teacher in your book um there was <laughs> there was a teacher and and um yes yeah, she was very sort of elaborate and she i remember she she wore a lot of gold sort of glamorous italian woman she was she featured in the first draft but i i think she gets cut <laughs> okay that's what happened you know through from a first draft to second draft there are lots of little plot threads that you yeah. you know might play with for a while but they they don't really go anywhere and then you come back to the main story so so part of the process i guess of rewriting will be looking at some of those threads and yeah you look at everything you've all the material you've got and you think okay well actually yeah, we could cut half of these characters that they don't really develop that's focus on the people that really matter so okay wow fascinating i'm guessing that uh drafting redrafting editing having things cut um is also you know sort of you develop the thick skin as an ELT yeah absolutely i mean i have an <laughs> as, as i said I, i'm only at the stage where i'm editing my own material or, or working with it with a small group where we workshop each other's but yes again again that whole process of um yeah working with an editor and and yeah knowing not to be too precious i guess over over the material that you write and uh, trusting that they can actually help you shape it into something better. Um, yeah, and, and I think the whole, yeah, just how the whole publishing process works. I know that a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the friends that I work with haven't ever had anything published and they mm. say, oh, you know, it's just wonderful. And, you know, I go off on a book tour somewhere and they think that's incredibly exciting. And, you know, but just kind of understanding, I guess, the mechanics of, of how it works. Um, uh, you know, having a book published. Yeah, yeah makes it, 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 all, it all links in. Maybe, yeah. Okay, lovely. Um, well, but obviously, yeah, there's, there's there's nothing fixed. I don't have a book on on a Waterstones bookshelf just yet, but yet. I'm hoping that maybe yeah. one day. But but for me, it, it really, it, it does come back to, to the process. For me, it's about the process that I find so enjoyable. And, mm. and um, one of the questions that you asked earlier on was how, how is it different? from you know how's yeah. writing fiction different from from writing materials mm -hmm. and, and for me it, it is just about having that freedom you know the freedom to be able to write 
to just let your imagination run wild and you know do whatever you want with your characters there are no parsnips in fiction wonderful you can can say what you want you can you know take the story wherever you want to take it um it's just really enjoyable it's it's a wonderful process and I think when you know writing our kind of day job writing can just be quite feel hard a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and perhaps sometimes feel like a bit of a thankless task so for me to be able to then go off and just um you know write for myself uh is yeah it's a really wonderful freedom I love it great uh thank you very much and um pleasure we'll all be looking forward to seeing the book on the shelves (laughs) well yeah fingers crossed let's see where that (laughs) takes us okay so i've got a quiz for you then um i have got uh five famous authors who previously taught languages it may have been english or it may have been another language um and uh i think one or two of them you will probably know already but maybe you won't know all of them so let's see Okay. Um, what, how do the questions work, Sandy? I mean, do you? So I guess... will kind of give you a description of the person. Okay. Um, and I won't tell you the names of any of their books, but I might tell you something about the kind of the genre of the book or the kind of topics that they typically write about. And um, all of them are fiction writers okay. or were fiction writers. And so, just to just to recap, then this is famous fiction writers or somewhat famous at least or should be famous to us recognize who taught a language yes okay yeah um okay so the first one is a man who taught uh, efl english as a foreign language in london and he's written lots of books which have then become films starring people like hugh grant oh i know um, oh yes so do i oh damn his name, I know, um, I know. High Fidelity. Yes, um, um, yeah. about Nick, a boy. Nick, Nick Hornby. Hornby. Nick yes. Hornby. I, that, that, was a, that was a draw. Exactly <laughs> my, my, my diploma trainer worked in that school in London with Nick Hornby. Um, he said he'd never talked with him that much. I actually <laughs> learned about that from your blog. Uh, Lucy, <laughs> once, he, wrote, he wrote a post of six famous authors who became ELT writers. So thanks for writing that post. That helped me. Just as well you knew the, the answer yeah. to that, yeah. then, Lindsay. <laughs> Excellent. They're not all from that post, so that's fine. Okay. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, number two is another. Uh, number two is a very famous one who I think you'll probably know about. So this was an Irish writer who. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> who actually hated teaching English. Um, he oh. taught in Trieste or Berlitz uh, before going on to write some uh, quite complicated and involved books. Can I say? Oh, yeah. Lindsay, yeah? No, you say it. I think I know, but... It, it's James Joyce. It is James Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. So James, James Joyce famously hated teaching English? <laughs> yes. Oh, really? well, it was the yeah. Berlitz method. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, try teaching really the waste. Try teaching the wasteland in Berlitz methodology. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the third one. Okay, again, I think this is quite a famous. Uh, I think they're quite famous for having been a teacher beforehand. Um, and this is somebody who uh, she taught English in Portugal. Okay. And she's one <laughs> of the most famous uh, authors in the world. She didn't teach English for very long, 
Um, and yeah, and now she's probably one of the richest women in the world, thanks to the, the magical books that she wrote. I think we both know. Go on, I Lindsay. Think we both know. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yes. Again, yes, I think exactly. we both know, Carrie. Don't we know somebody? Is there someone who taught with taught her? With her? Andy yes. Hockley, I think, is somebody, oh, really? an, a, another okay, teacher in the blogosphere who also mentioned, I think it was him mentioned a blog post where he, he describes teaching with this person and all the things that she was going through and then says at the very end who she was. So uh, interesting, yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so the next one, again, I think you should know. My final one is a bit more of a challenge. Um, so again, this was an English teacher in Japan. Um, he taught English to technical students in Hiroshima for eight years. I know. And his books <laughs> involve lots of different layers, quite often involve some form of time travel. Absolutely love his books. Um, should we give Lindsay some titles? Give me some more. more okay, titles. So he titles. wrote uh, Cloud Atlas is probably his most famous oh, book. Oh. Ghostwritten is okay. yet another one that I really oh, love. Cloud Atlas, I know the book. I can't think of the author. I didn't okay. know this. Okay, you go, Kerry. David Mitchell. David Mitchell. Yeah. And, and not the taught... comedian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he taught English in Japan. Yeah, for, for eight, eight or nine years. years, was it? Yeah. For eight years, says Wikipedia says eight years. Yeah. Wow. And okay. English to technical students. So mm. teaching EAP. <laughs> oh, you okay, can see so, the whole science fiction thing, though. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And there's always something, there's quite often um, from the books that I've read, there's quite often something Japanese or mm -hmm. um, yeah. there's something, you know, influenced by the culture there. So yeah, I think that's quite interesting. Um, okay, so then the last one was a French teacher. I couldn't find any more ELT teachers. Okay. The last one was a French teacher for 15 years. And she actually wrote her first three novels while she was still teaching. Um, she's written novels and short stories and cookery books. And uh, one of her novels was very famously turned into a film with Johnny Depp and Juliette Binoche that was set in France. Oh, um, um, the, and the, the title of the book was Chocolat. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, I can't oh. remember her the name. name of the author. I don't. I can't remember. I was going to start just throwing out French names like I have read Marie. The book, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is this one. I think was the most obscure one, maybe okay. that people don't necessarily know her name. But this is Joanne Harris. Oh, so right, okay. oh. I do know the name, and okay. I've read other books of hers. And and yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry, so Joanne she was a Harris. French teacher before <laughs> she was an author. So, so can, if anybody. If anybody who's listening knows any other um, ELT authors who have, uh, sorry, ELT teachers who have then gone on to be writers, please do share them because uh, the internet was quite, it was quite a difficult search term to come up with because you put in English teacher authors and you get everybody who taught English literature, English language, yeah, yeah. but oh, right, not, yeah. yeah, not ELT. So, yeah. But there you go. That was the quiz. All right. I think we all managed four out of five. Four out of five. So can you just tell us again the five names just quickly? Yeah. So it was Nick Hornby, uh, uh -huh. James Joyce, David Mitchell, J.K. Rowling, and uh, Joanne Harris. Wow. And to circle back to something else I had mentioned before, I remember um, Scott Thornbury once showed me a book of grammar exercises from the 1930s where one of the item raters was J.R.R. Tolkien. So Ooh, apparently wow. he had really? he had written he had also <laughs> dipped his fingers in the in the sentence writing world as well. So um yeah, oh, apparently wonderful. 
yeah. So yeah. you are real writers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It all comes back to that in the end. Anyway, I think that brings us to an end of our episode today. Um, thank you, uh, Sandy. Thank you, Kara, for joining me today. And thank you, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find all our other episodes at our website, templecommute.com, or, uh, and subscribe, of course, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, please tell a friend. You can find us on all the podcast places. We'll be back again with another episode uh, on another topic. Uh, and in the meantime, if you want to drop us a line, you can reach us through our Facebook page through Twitter. I think we're also on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, if you know of any other authors that we've missed, or if you're an author and want a little bit of publicity, let us know and we'll share it on a future podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 As your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea you can take into class. Find the opening lines of some famous novels by doing a search for best opening lines of novels. Choose three or four of these and do them as a dictation. Then tell the students these are all opening lines from famous novels. They must find out who the authors are and what the titles are of the books as the next step. Correct the dictations and check the answers at the end. Who has read any of these books? Do your students know all of them? You've been listening to The Tevil Commutes, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Kerry Jones, Sean Wilden, Sandy Millen and James Taylor. You can support this podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Tevil Commute. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast player of choice and by visiting us at tevilcommute.com. <laughs>